Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to experience the Gut Check Project, talking science, health, and innovation that you can actually use. But this isn't just another health show. No, no. We're here to have fun and make your time enjoyable. And you like to have fun, right? Well, while you are enjoying yourself, know that even though the GCP covers some health topics with healthcare pros, we are not your doctors. So use our show to entertain your mind and not for medical advice. And now, here are your hosts of the Gut Check Project, Dr. Ken Brown and Eric Rieger. Hey, KBMD Health family, welcome back to part two of Yerba Mate. I'm your host, Eric Rieger, here on the Gut Check Project. Here's the awesome man, the leader again, Dr. Ken Brown. It's the leader. Wow. Two episodes in a row. Two episodes in a row, but we haven't even changed clothes. That's how hard we've been studying. (laughs) All right, so this is... Uh, episode 71, part two of Yerba Mate. If you don't know what Yerba Mate is and you have any desire to lose weight, you have any desire to think more clearly, to be able to take advantage of the methylxanthines, you're like, what's that? Go watch the episode. Um, Yerba Mate, what we did in the last episode is we talked about all the health benefits of it. The problem is if you listen to somebody like Andrew Huberman, and where he talks about yerba mate, there's some confusion that it actually is associated with multiple cancers. And so a lot of people shy away from it thinking that it's going to call can- uh, cause cancer. So we're calling this uh, How to Not Let Yerba Mate Kill You, episode 71. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. How to, how to better select your, your yerba mate. Oh, there's more than that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah, you got you to gotta really know your yerba mates. And more. <laughs> um, so we ended last episode. You you threw a couple curveballs at me where you're like, "Well, now wait a minute. What's the incidence of esophageal cancer, and what is the um, incidence of diabetes in various countries, especially if they consume yerba mate or if they don't at all, or yeah, countries that consume a lot." So let's let's talk about diabetes real quick. Tell okay. me about tell me what you found out about diabetes. So you can rank, or they have ranked through 195 countries, and I'm going to cheat a little bit. They rank through 195 different countries. Um, the rate of or incidence of diabetes one and two throughout the population when officially diagnosed. And uh, number one throughout the world is a country called Kirbati. And Kirbati has a diabetic rate diagnosed at 22.5%. Pretty, 22.5? 22.5. Ish. And so we kind of joked last episode that the U.S. was being caught by China, but that's probably more along the lines of developed superpower countries because the United States is ahead of China in its rate of diabetics. However, it ranks number 43 in all of these recognized countries. What was that country had 22%? Ooh, uh, Kerbati? Is that? Is the President Camacho, do they spray Gatorade on them? That is not President Camacho. (laughs) That is the United States, sir, several years from now. Uh, Idiocracy. A reference to the movie Idiocracy. (laughs) Thank you, Mike Judge. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but so top three, might as well just say it. So uh, number one was Kerbati, uh, number two uh, Tuvalu. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And number two, uh, number two also tied at 22.1 percent is the Sudan. So all those guys running away with um, with high rates and incidence of diabetic uh, diagnoses. So the United States actually comes in just behind Trinidad and Tobago at. at number 43 in the world. And then China is all the way down at 60 at 9.2%. But one of the things that we highlighted, and I think that you'll be able to get into this in how to select Yerba Mate 
and how to consume it and how often to do so. Although Brazil consumes quite a bit of yerba mate, they actually came in at an incidence of diabetes at number 46 in the world at 10.4% for the population. However, not necessarily everyone there drinks it. They just, they just happen to have a lot of people. And again, I think we'll get into yerba mate selection and what types of yerba mate one should should uh, should be consuming. So we'll round out with some of the other notable countries in South America. Number 73 in the world, quite a drop whenever you compare ratios of percentage, but Chile is really not that close to 10.8%. They're actually all the way down at 8.6% and rank number 73. Doing a little bit better than they are, Colombia, 7.4% of their country is diagnosed with diabetes in the year 2019 and they come in at number 81. Number 82, which was professed to have the best yerba mate, Uruguay, 7.3%. Now, 7.3% is quite a drop when you consider the ratio between 7.3% and an incidence of 10.2 of the United States. And then let's just go ahead and finish this out. Venezuela, 7, 7%. And Argentina, where your mother is from, all the way down ranked at 128 out of 195, doing great at only 5.9% diagnosed with diabetes type 1 and 2. So essentially, wow. half the rate of the United States. And when you consider that in South America, many would consider that the United States probably has at least what we would consider better access to health care. That doesn't mean that everyone here exercises great health care and great choices and great selections, et cetera. But even with all of the resources that we do have in the United States, it seems that Argentina is basically cutting their diabetic incidence rate in half from what we have here in the United States. Wow, that's impressive. You know what else Argentina also has or has not? Argentina doesn't have. What, what does Argentina have and have not? Argentina, Argentina? Argentina they, they like their meat. They do not have... Oh. A big fake meat no. thing going on there. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> Hell yeah, Argentina. We have these sharp teeth for a reason. Keep eating meat. This is it. The last episode we discussed this. This is a traditional matero. This is what the gauchos drink out of when they're uh when they're moving the cattle around and they're they're ranching. Those are cool. So this is this is made out of a gourd. This is a traditional matero. Uh, the straw is called a bombija. Look at the other episode here. Okay, so uh, then you also asked about esophageal cancer. Did find some information on this, and this is out of the Journal of uh, Sciences, the most recent WHO cancer type thing. They, it's a little harder to break down because they just break it down into esophageal cancer. There's actually two different kinds, mm -hmm. and one of them is squamous cell, which is the one that they believe that mate has uh, more of an association with, so it's very hard to distinguish the two, Sure. but the bottom line is that uh, North America is actually listed as number 10, uh, meaning just all of North America, and South America is actually listed at number 12. But that's a steep drop-off, and they're all so close. So North America is 4.8 males per 100,000, mm -hmm. and then South America is 4.7 males per 100,000. So in other words, we don't drink mate up here, but yeah. we basically have the same amount of esophageal cancer. But, but okay, so but what it isn't is an indication that 
high-drinking yerba mate countries have a higher incidence of esophageal cancer. Correct. And then um, we'll, we're going to go looking at all of this uh, briefly because we're going to talk about that. But I found it interesting because even when I looked at examine.com, they said, it is it associated with esophageal cancer? It could be controversial because it could just be the heat. Mm-hmm. In other words, just repeated hot drinks, like really hot drinks. Fascinating that Eastern Asia has a massive eighteen point two per hundred thousand. I mean, it is double next to South uh, Southern Africa and Eastern Africa, Northern Europe. It's double all that Eastern Asia. So they have a huge incidence of esophageal cancer. A good friend of yours and and mine as well, uh, Dr. Joe Kim, another yeah. gastroenterologist. He is of Korean descent, and a large population for his GI patients are are Korean. And what's interesting is he's almost never really that worried about there being colon problems in his Korean population. However, esophageal cancer is his main concern whenever we're doing the double. I mean, any Korean patient, we're almost always going to automatically do a double because the incidence of esophageal cancers in Koreans statistically is just higher. Yeah, and there's probably multifactorial for that, but certainly lifestyle plays a role. There's apparently higher incidence of very, very hot consumption of liquids. Sure. So that's part of it. Iran has a pretty high um, esophageal cancer also, and they they do the same thing, celibate, I don't know, whatever tradition. So this is, um, now that we've kind of thrown that out there, and I think that we've already kind of, I hopefully... You're not throwing all your yerba mate after last, uh, you know, the, after saying that it kills you. You're throwing it out the window or something. Um, but in a nutshell, when you start reading about this, it is believed that drinking mate on a regular basis can cause several types of cancer, and esophageal is the one that's always referenced, as you know, stomach and um, kidney and bladder as well. Being a little bit of a controversial topic because as you're trying to find information on this. It's very confusing because there's not a whole lot of studies out there to put it all together. And now I understand why examine.com says, well, we, it's controversial and it could cause esophageal cancer. Some people think it might be the heat. Andrew Huberman, when he talks about it, he's like, the jury's still out. It may have an association with cancer. That's what I want to talk about is what is this association and where do we go with it? So when I started looking into this, uh, as it was stated, esophageal cancer is the one that I was referred to. The argument is that if you look at countries that drink very hot beverages, Eastern Asia, mm-hmm. and certain types of beverages, and they had the chemicals in there, but different, different things, they have higher incidence. And so I wanted to go a little bit deeper, and I found some really intriguing things about yerba mate and the cancer-causing properties. So let's look at a little bit of the science and talk about how... We're, if you're really ignoring, if you're just blaming the heat or blaming anything else, no, there's some legitimate toxic stuff in yerba mate that you need to be aware of. Okay. So, Good. all right. So, the data and everything that's out there is extremely hard to actually put together because there, the different studies and trials that have looked at yerba mate and the toxic material in it, um, it's kind of all over the map from different countries, different methods of doing it. So this is the best compilation of everything I could do. The bottom line is remembering that the leaves are picked and then they are dried. And commercial producers often use smoke to dry these leaves. So they pump smoke in to dry it. Smoking, you know, like you would smoke other things. I know it's important though. I think you're highlighting that, uh, and you said this in the last episode, that mass producing, mass producing, and now you said commercial producing using smoke. So before you go too far, that sounds like that might be kind of a cheat code to turn out more product. 
Yes. Okay. So that's, if you look at the data, when they evaluated, they specifically, articles said that, you know, um, this is, you know, the process and the amount that gets put out and where it's put out from what country mm-hmm. and everything. Okay. The, the reality is it's well known that the smoke, as it gets pumped in, it has what are called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. These get absorbed into the leaves. These are actually well-known carcinogens. And one of them that people have referred to before because of cigarette smoking is benzo-alpha-pyrene. Okay, yeah, of course. So smoke, you pump smoke in, and you're pumping in these, we're going to call them, the acronym is PAH. So these PAHs get put in, and in theory, these leaves are absorbing it. And that's where a lot of the articles were like, you know, we, we don't know, we don't know. And so I was able to find a super cool meta-analysis. Meta-analysis is when researchers will take the compilation of the data that exists and make it into one review article. Right. So I found what I think is probably the most inclusive meta-analysis on this this particular topic, and it's very thorough, and they did as best job they could. They admitted the same thing that I'm admitting. It's very hard to compare these articles because they're different methods of everything, but you can see some trends here. What they did is they looked at all the studies that were done that have been published, checking the leaves for the amount of these PAHs, Mm -hmm. um, otherwise known as the polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, and they wanted to see how much was in different brands from different countries and how much was in the, the water and what was going on. So ultimately they said that of all the articles published 15 of them were actually valid enough to probably use in this and so that's the first step there may be hundreds of articles but they may be really bad yeah sure and so this was just an examination of the chemicals in the yerba mate keeping that in mind so the data is all over the map but when you're looking at this it appears that these large manufacturers um, produce the yerba mate in a traditional way where they put smoke in there. And I think you're right. You and I can both say that's probably because it is a more efficient way to dry the leaves. Mm-hmm. Hence, you have more product, turn it out quicker. Mm-hmm. And when I started reading about that, the manufacturers themselves will say, no, but don't worry about it. We've been smoking this forever. And this, <laughs> you know, this is... That's good. We've yeah, been doing it. We've been, yeah, we've been doing it. It's, it's all good. And uh, statements have been said, well... You may believe that there are toxic chemicals there, but the polycyclic uh, hydrocarbons, they are hydrophobic. They fear water. So what they're saying is, as I have my mate here and I put my water in here, that they're like, it doesn't matter because they're scared of the water and the, the cancerous, the carcinogens are going, uh, and they're just, no, I want to get away. Hydrophobic. Can I throw up a little flare here? Uh, that actually, to me, makes it worse because if it's afraid of water, that means that it likes fat. And if it likes fat, then that just simply means that it's going to go to all of my tissues rather than hang out in the water. Funny you say that because the method to determine the amount of these PAHs in here, yeah. they use an oil extraction method, knowing that if they're hydrophobic, they will be lipophilic, meaning they'll love the fat, and so they'll attach to it. Yeah, uh, newsflash, not good news. <laughs> not good news, because as you consume it, your fat cells will take them up. I, I kind of want to highlight something else, too, and I don't want to gloss over it, but we literally just talked about that using smoke 
has placed these compounds in the leaves. It's still not the yerba mate itself that has these compounds. They effectively were added. That's like saying someone who sells cars that, oh man, those cars are always dangerous. And then you go and you look and it's because they're always putting, you know, uh, detonators and, and, and timed bombs inside of there. But if they just took those out, maybe the cars would be okay. You know, so I'm, that's a really bad analogy. No, no, no. I think it's... <laughs> I kind of wish I could take that back. It's really <laughs> complex and dumb. But but you, you get what I'm saying. I mean, they're, they're adding something. It's really not about the plant. They're literally adding the carcinogens through the chemicals. Yeah. So in an argument to all the yerba mate producers, where they say it's totally hydrophobic, um, that's what these studies are showing. No, it's not. Yeah. In fact, they can actually see it. What they're doing is they're looking at... So, all right, anyways. What they're doing is they're taking different studies, different methods, but basically they're taking the yerba mate, putting water in, extracting the water, seeing... Sure. You know, the... What's there. Yeah, seeing what's there of these, and they're, and they're finding different ratios of this. And then what they did is, since... As we discussed earlier on the first episode, the typical way to do this is you pour water, drink, pour water, drink, pour water, drink. Yeah. You continually will leach out more. So the method of drinking the yerba mate plays a role also. So we'll just look at some of the data here. Like I said, it's all over the map, but let's at least get some trends here. Okay. So in one study, what they, oh, they check the PAHs before, uh-huh. then they do this, and then they check the PAHs afterwards. Uh-huh. So you know how much has been smoked into it, mm-hmm. how much of it has been leached out. So in one study, 50% of the total PAH was transferred into the water, meaning they put mate, poured water over it, took the water out, and ran a mass spec on it to look to see how much actually <laughs> leached out from the water. 50% leached out. Yeah. No, you know where he's, he's, he's scared of water. No. Some 50% in this one study really likes the water. Even if it's classified as hydrophobic, there is that there in nature, there are no absolutes. There's still going to be trickle. There's still going to be an edge. Yeah. So, um, to be fair, they also, I did find, or in this review there, I didn't find it in their meta-analysis. They said that the lowest amount that they could find was 5%. So the lowest amount was 5%. Okay. And uh, using all these different techniques, what they determined is that these different methods, you could have a different percentage based on multiple factors. And one of them is the amount of yerba mate that you put in there. Okay. The amount of water that you add, the temperature of the water at which you add it. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to use that, let's just say taking all those variables out of the way, mm-hmm. somewhere between 5 and 50%. So let's just use those two extremes. Everything else is in the middle, right? Okay. It's going to leach into the water. Well, if that's the case, then at 50% leaching out, and you're a Brazilian who on average consumes 1.8 liters, almost 2 liters a day, you're actually getting as much benzo-alpha-pyrene as smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. I think that's bad. It's that carcinogen. So doing it, the having a smoked yerba mate and doing a ton of it mm-hmm. is equivalent to smoking two packs a day. Even if you look at the lower end at 5%, if you have 5% and you're doing that amount, you're still getting four cigarettes a day, the amount of the benzo alpha pyrene 
the carcinogen, well-known carcinogen. It's a class one carcinogen, well-known. I don't think it's good. No, it's not good. So, when we're looking at this, you're really looking at five factors. Uh, one, what is the fraction of polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons in the mate that you're purchasing? Okay. So, what is that percentage there? And number two is the amount of mate that you're going to drink a day. So, the percentage here, if you're somebody that, if you're Argentinian and you're drinking it all day long, stimulation. And number three, the volume of fluid that you put in it. Remember, total volume. You and I are going to do this whole thermos here. So that's mm-hmm. a whole volume of that that every single time leaches more out. Mm-hmm. And then the drying method is what actually puts it in there. That's the most important thing that if you're going to go look at um, a yerba mate and then ultimately the temperature. And the reason why is because it appears when you start looking in Paraguay, they actually do not do the yerba mate hot. It is traditionally a cold drink. Okay. And so I looked at Paraguay, and as it turns out, some really cool things about this. The incidence of esophageal cancer Mm -hmm. is almost negligible there. And so, compared to the other South American countries. Okay. So much lower. Uh And then started looking at the the yerba mate when you do cold versus hot. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, cold brings more of the methyl xanthines out. Which is what you're after. And so last time I talked about how Uruguay uses their um, yerba mate has two times the amount of caffeine and theobromine. Uh-huh. It could also be that they traditionally will do it as a cold, cold yeah. serving more. So in other words, hot takes out the bad crap and leaves all the good shit in the leaves. Which is not what you want. And I've always known people to drink yerba mate real hot. Like I grew up with that, with mom and grandparents drinking it really hot. Interesting, you'll notice that this is a little bit below room temperature that yeah. we've been doing. Yeah. If I gave this to somebody who's an aficionado of yerba mate, they would, they would be like, this is ridiculous, why are you serving me cold yerba mate? It's like drinking cold coffee in other countries. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty tasty. Yeah, but we're getting the method, so cold, methyl xanthines, uh, which is the theobromine, theophylline, and caffeine, and it also seems to extract more of the polyphenols as well at, uh, at the cooler temperature. At the cooler temperature, yes. And then, we, and as we talked about with the uh, the Korean population, hot drinks or the Iranian population, hot drinks is associated with esophageal cancer or an, in, or an increase in incidence of of esophageal cancer as well. As well, so. Lower temperature not only keeps the carcinogens out, but gets you what you want and may not play into uh, a little bit of a danger zone, a delivery system. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about all those different studies put together. Mm -hmm. One study was done that looked at a non-smoked mate. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So as it turns out, there are more modern ways to do this, and maybe it takes a little more time, maybe it takes more expense in a drying chamber. I don't know, I don't know the method of doing it. Yeah. But they did have, and they even commented, like we could only find one study that had a non-smoked yerba mate available to take a look at this. Just to cut to the chase, in that one study where they used non-smoked mate, the amount of polycyclic hydrocarbons was literally, and I'm really bad at math, so I didn't actually do it, but it was <laughs> literally, it looked like, I mean, like one-tenth or one-twentieth of the amount. I mean, it was like in the hundreds where the others were in the 20,000s and stuff. 
and the amount of nanograms per liter, you know how they do all that stuff. So basically, it was essentially negligible. So to what you were saying before, it's being added Yeah. in the whole process, being added. Um, so there was a trend that using the cold water decreased the amount of pH PAHs in several studies, and a few others did not show this. So that, in theory, could be a little controversial mm-hmm. um, because it was all over the map, but one of the reasons that I just talked about is that we do know that in like Asia countries, Asian countries where they drink really hot beverages, there is a higher incidence of squamous cell carcinoma. So the repeated injury to your esophagus could play into it. So that automatically makes me want to not drink super hot things all the time. Yeah. And then realizing that some of these studies showed that the cooler temperature water may not extract as much PAH, but strong evidence to show that the beneficial things are extracted easier with that. And so it may be both the thermal damage to the esophagus and possibly the higher um, in the the amount of PAH which is leading to all this. That's why in a country like Paraguay, <clears throat> where they use the cold water, they really have less cancer. Less cancers of a bunch of different cancers. So. Um, Another thing, when they were talking about this, and this only makes sense, I was making yerba mate at the Endo Center, and Ana, the tech, she's got Argentinian friends, mm-hmm. had been sitting there all day steeping. She goes, you're not supposed to steep it more than five minutes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, it's bad for you. And I'm like, why is it bad for you? And she's like, I don't know, they just say it's bad. It's like why people say, why are probiotics good? I don't know, they're supposed to be good. Well, they're not. <laughs> so as it turns out, I was like, man, don't, <laughs> you're silly. No, she was right. So when they looked at it, the longer you steep, the more it will slowly pull these out. So I was calling BS, and she was actually right, because it does seem that the longer you leave it in the water, the more of the carcinogens will just slowly seep out into the water. Hmm. So um, getting to your point about these molecules being hydrophobic or scared of water, this is interesting to me, because you're exactly right. You drink it, and it gets in your body. Maybe you're fat will draw out these carcinogens mm-hmm. and now you've drawn it into the body regardless mm-hmm. even if it's not being um even if it's not that leached into the water itself but you got me thinking about um the whole craze of bulletproof coffee and adding fat to your coffee oh, and yeah. all this yeah. don't do that with mate if you're a mate drinker don't add your mct oil to <laughs> don't it put don't, butter on top. don't put butter on top don't do any of that <laughs> Now I almost went down a rabbit hole because I did find one Danish study that did analyze the amount of PAH in coffee, uh-huh. and it's actually more than you'd think. Well, that's not fun. I know. I didn't even want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do that, but that, I find that interesting that you can actually make it like, I mean, I mean, you really want to like, you know, I don't know. So I don't know, like sending really highly smoked mate and a stick of butter to dictators that are possibly doing bad things around the world. Uh-huh. Who knows? It's, I don't even want to go there right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, keep that in mind because I know that people like to biohack and do a bunch of things at the same time. They're like, oh, I'm going to fast and stay keto and put my butter in my mate and run around. Don't, don't do that, just in case. So what I'm going to start doing is, first thing I did is I got this yerba mate organic off of Amazon and then I went and I can't find it anywhere how they actually make it. I actually went to their website and somebody asked a question in the FAQ and they, they left it up. So they somebody said, hey, I would like to know in the frequently asked or in the um, submit your question. It's uh-huh. on the website uh-huh. and nobody answered it. It said, do you guys smoke your yerba mate? Uh, yeah. I've been doing some reading and I've, I believe that that is somewhat dangerous. Uh-huh. Nobody, they didn't answer it. Then I found these guys, which I did call, and I haven't heard back. Call me back 
Ecotees. So Ecotees has a yerba mate. It comes in, they're making it very Americanized for me because it comes in tea bags. Yeah. But Ecotees, on the front of their package, 100% unsmoked. I mean, I, to me, that's a seller if you're going to try it. 100%. So shout out to Ecotees. And it's organic too, huh? Yeah, to put that up there. It's um, 100% unsmoked. I trust it with the way they're talking. And with gratitude to the family farmers and fertile forests of northern Argentina, we invite you to experience the world's finest organic yerba mate grown without chemicals, dried without smoke, expertly milled, and aged to perfection. In the last episode, we discussed all those processes. Yeah. Um, so. So, in Ecotees, how we spell that? E oh, E-C-O-T-E-A-S. E-C-O-T-E-A-S, yerba mate. Um, I'll try and reach out to them again, and we'll. Uh, I, I would like to know th- how much harder it was. I didn't. I don't remember it being exceptionally expensive or anything. I thought that it was very reasonable. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I would just like to get somebody on to explain that whole process, um, or maybe we can ask some of our Argentinian friends to explain it. So I'm going to start doing Eco Tea because this is the one that I found that is unsmoked. Um, I'm also going to try and track down some Uruguayan yerba mate unsmoked, mm-hmm. which I didn't have time to do that, but that will be cool. As I do this, I'm going to make sure that I use cold water and uh, try to keep the amount that I'm doing at a time relatively quick to not let it steep for a really long time. I'm much less fearful of it now that I know that it's unsmoked and right. now that I've seen the numbers on this. So... You know, each section of this could be its own podcast, and I know that you know some of these um, people like Andrew Huberman go into great detail. But this is this makes me feel comfortable doing yerba mate. I know that it's going to help for diabetes. I know that it's going to help maintain my weight, help me with my fast. But now I feel confident saying, no, if you do it the right way, cold, unsmoked, that your chance of actually taking in these carcinogens is negligible. Uh, not only is negligible, but I also want to add that even though, uh, let's say, in that mass spec. They were able to find, as, and as you said, you did your questionable math, anywhere between one-tenth and one-twentieth of those that are smoked. The truth is, any smoke into any leaves, there's probably PAHs in anything that's veget- that's that's has leaves in his uh, vegetation and has ever been around smoke, ever. Yes. So it's impossible to escape all smoke. I would imagine that that would contribute to the negligible amount that's in there. This is really about a volume exposure kind of thing. I mean, our bodies are meant to, we, we, you're, we're all exposed to all different kinds of chemicals and different things like that that our bodies are resilient against. I think what we're talking about is that method puts such a large amount or possibly such a large amount of PAHs in this product that's otherwise probably fine for you that if you can avoid smoking it, you don't have to worry about those being added in such a high concentration and it would be fine. So, I mean, I think what I'm getting back to is the fact that there is still some present doesn't necessarily mean that it's dangerous. There could be PAHs in literally any kind of vegetation that's around any kind of fire throughout its life. And then by the time it's harvested, it would be present. Yeah, so that would be the, probably one of the reasons why they did that Dana study on coffee. You could probably find it in anything. Sure, 100%. You know, but it's just, the, it's just the amount of concentration. So ultimately, the uh, last episode we took on why it's so good for you and then this episode just to dispel the myth and if there is an association and we did the epidemiologic quick glance at the different cancers it doesn't seem that you can just say based on the region 
that that equates. So no. that that should lower some fears. But then you can com- almost completely take it out by doing the right type of yerba mate and doing it with cold and not letting it steep very long. And pow, you've got it. You've got your win-win-win. I imagine some would argue, oh, but the taste is different. And I'm not really down. I mean, I, I don't really care about the taste. To me, it still has that tanniny tea kind of taste. And the, the nuance of that mm-hmm. is less relevant than knowing I'm getting these methylxanthines, getting little uh, polyphenols, getting all these other, you know, the, uh, the, the, the protein glycated things. I mean, there's a lot of beneficial things going on. So the taste is kind of the least important. But I have had this Eco Tea, and I thought it tastes great. So even that's like kind of debunked with at least this one. Uh, my first my first exposure to, to doing this, uh, it's kind of like an adventure, kind of like a taste adventure, much like uh, when, if you're a coffee drinker, when you decide that you're going to make coffee a part of your morning ritual or your daily ritual or, or just enjoy it whenever you happen to enjoy it. Coffee's an acquired taste. No one that I know of, their first coffee, sip of coffee is like, that's, that's the winner. <laughs> but you kind of just acquire the taste for it or... Spicy foods. Most people, the, when they're really, really young and they first eat spicy food, they're like, that's terribly painful. Somehow or another, by the time you're 20, you can't get enough. It's the same kind of thing, I, I think. I, this was a great experience. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and this uh, this can be a social thing. And so when it comes to, this all started because of longevity and talking about how to have a better health span. This is just one of those little things you can add to it. And if you get a few of your friends doing it, then you can meet up together to discuss you know, like they do in cafes and things where you just meet and um, the amount of caffeine that's in here. It just, I don't get the jittery thing if I drink too much coffee. Uh, I can drink this and you sip on it. And each time you fill it up and drink it, you're getting a little bit less, but you're getting some each time. So it's mm-hmm. not like this whopping hit that you can get by drinking four espressos. Yeah, I know. Super interesting. I learned a lot about yerba mate. I really knew nothing until today. So, Yerba Mate, check out the other episode to look at all the health benefits. Use this episode and pass it on to Andrew Huberman so he can drink Yerba Mate freely without worrying about anything. That's awesome. That's episode 70, now 71. This was 71. Last one was 70. Yeah. So, uh, well, thanks for joining us. And we've got so much more on the way. And uh, really, really appreciate y'all being a part of KBD Health uh, community and uh, the Gut Check Project. Take care. That's a wrap for this episode of the Gut Check Project, and we appreciate you for being a part of it. Be sure to follow us on your favorite platform for podcasts. You can find the GCP on Locals, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Rumble, and more. And you can always check out gutcheckproject.com to find all episodes and interact with the show. Tell your friends and family not to wait to get Gut Checked.